Today on Abounding Grace. How do you avoid apostasy? How do you make a difference in your community? How do you steady on when everyone's falling to the wayside around you? You walk humbly, broken, simple, authentic, godly, sincere lives. This is amazing grace. This is The Bible tells us that in the last days, some will depart from the faith. And we're seeing that right now at an alarming rate. But how can we avoid being among those that defect from the faith? An answer is right around the corner as we go deeper into the epistle of Jude on abounding grace. One of the key themes in Jude is apostasy. Put another way, leaving the true faith. Pastor Ed shows us now how to stay close to the Lord the rest of our lives. So as we close today, I want to exhort you and encourage you and remind you as well. Here's one of the antidotes that will help you and me stay close to the Lord. It's so important for us to remain or return to a real simplicity in our relationship with God. Simplicity. The world and its systems love to complicate things, love to confuse love the bait and switch and the smoke and mirrors and you just don't know which way is up and which way is down and some of that nonsense has come into churches and and there's just not a simplicity anymore it's so complicated so difficult follow this and do that things become so difficult that you walk away from the simplicity of the gospel and walking away from the gospel is never a wise choice can i show you what i mean would you turn over to second corinthians with me because i want you to mark this this is our final reminder you guys listening on the radio, watching online, join us, follow us, come back to simplicity. Ask your pastor or leader to get back to simplicity. Maybe you're in a church that doesn't even teach through the Bible. Like they're, they're using things and you know, you just ask your pastor, just write him a letter, email him, teach me the Bible. We need the word of God. We need the word of God. We need to know it. We need to understand it. And we need to know how to live it. And that's what Paul says. Look at his testimony. Let this be your testimony. Pray over this. Memorize these verses. Chapter 1 of 2 Corinthians, verse 12. Chapter 1, verse 12. For our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience that we conducted ourselves in the world, and mark these words, in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, and, so that was how we lived in the world, and more abundantly, toward you. The church should be filled with more simplicity, not less. (laughs) More godly sincerity, not less. And yet in the world, you don't have to play the world games. You don't have to go along the way of the world. You don't have to, to, to commit crime and lie and steal and climb the corporate ladder. No, godly sincerity and simplicity. God will bless that. God will bless that. Said, but Ed, if I don't get along with the program, I'll never get the promotion. Let me suggest to you, maybe the promotion isn't for you. No, no, you know, it is for me. I've spent my whole life 
working for this promotion. Maybe you've wasted a lot of time in your life or something God never really had for you. If you have to compromise, if you have to lie, if you have to play the world's games and not be authentic, godly, sincere, and simple. Just a simple relationship with the Lord. Have you ever considered that it wasn't God's will for you? I had to learn that very, very hard in my times in the corporate world. While I didn't choose to play their games, I really did aspire to climb the corporate ladder, even the right way. And each time God didn't allow it, I was so upset. I said, but Lord, like he's not even, he doesn't even love you. Why would you give him that position? I want that position. And I remember even, <laughs> I remember even moving here to Colorado. My, my boss had come into my office and said, hey, I just want to let you know I'm moving to Colorado. And after a very difficult season, we wanted to move here and plant a church. And God closed that door and we went back home and just like, okay, we're going to live here. And we're just going to continue to serve in our church. It's, we're not going to Colorado. A couple weeks later, my boss comes in. And he says, hey, Ed, guess what? I'm going to Colorado. I remember him walking out and going, this is not fair. He does not love you, God. And you're going to take him to Colorado, and I'm staying here. And heaven was silent. And I just went on. I'm like, well, if he's going to Colorado, I get his job. I wanted his job anyway, so this is all good. But I had this little thought. And you know, through a turn of events, he didn't end up coming to Colorado. You know who did? Me. God was leading me along the way, training me to trust him. Training me to accept whatever's happening around my life. It's not lining up the way that I thought. It wasn't lining up the way that I wanted. I mean, even his position, he beat me out for it years earlier. That's when I learned in our little company, our little corporation, massive company, tra publicly traded company, that most of the promotions were inside jobs. So they went through all the motions and you fill all the paperwork and the dude already had, he was already planning to move before they ever interviewed any of us. And the Lord's just saying, hey, this is not a fair world, Ed. I want you to taste it like everyone else tastes it. I don't want to taste this. I love you, Lord. I'm going to taste the sweetness of your grace. <laughs> but I had to taste a lot of, a lot of challenging things. Why? Because I look back now and I can say, oh, Lord, you were just teaching me how to love your people. How to shepherd the flock of God that's among you. How to be in the midst of pain and suffering and say, well, you know, I, I haven't experienced exactly what you've experienced, but I've had my own pain and suffering. So why don't we just seek the Lord together? It's not, hey, take two scriptures and call me in the morning. Everything will be fine. No, this one's going to take some time. Some complicated. Brother just called me recently. He had this whole very challenging situation. You know what my answer was? Ah, I don't know what to do. I have no idea. But how about we just talk about it out loud? Let's just talk out loud. See if the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom as we talk about what the Word says. And it was a phenomenal, wonderful conversation. And still, I don't know to what conclusion we came, except that we both left the throne room of grace. It's like, well, this is where you're going to find help in time of need, church. That's where you're going to find your help in time of need. You can have all the Bible knowledge that's there, but the Spirit of God is ready to lead you. But church, please, I beg you. I beg you that are here. I beg you that are going to listen to this later. Godly sincerity and simplicity is where it's at. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, and he'll lift you up. He'll take care of your life. He'll watch your back. He'll pave the way in front of you. He'll hem you in behind and before. It doesn't need to be overly complicated. 
Be, be like Paul. He says, this is how we lived in the world. Paul was a tent maker. That's how he made a living. And then he served the churches. So he lived among the world this way. But then he said, but you guys, you got more of it. That's how much I love the church, Paul says. You got more of it. Simplicity and godly sincerity. Two things that cut through all the religious nonsense and religiosity that poses as a true relationship with Jesus. All that cuts to the chase. And you are bare before the world. This is who I am. This is who God has made me. This is what God's doing in my life. And I am happy. And so you can look for godly sincerity. You can look for simplicity. You can search it out even in this church family. Religion, those that are caught up in religion, have a tendency to complicate things. False teachers like to complicate things. They like to confuse you. Even as we've read earlier, why? Because in the complications and confusions, you will then turn to them for answers. So they muddy the waters and then promise you to unmuddy them. But you did it first. You made the muddy waters. Yeah, but I've set it all up. So if you come to me, yeah, but what about the Lord? I will take you there. No, if you wouldn't have muddied the waters to begin with, I could have gone straight past you, bro. And that's what they do. Manipulation and control is sinful. And it's not from the Lord. So much in your life and mine is simple. It's not hard. Read your Bible every day. Pray every day. Love your neighbor. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor. But, and then immediately some of you are like, but how? Glad you asked. You take your Bible, you open it, and you start reading the words. But how do I pray? And some of you resisted prayer today because you're so embarrassed. You're like, you're so afraid. Well, that's a little, you're complicated. Why are you so complicated? What do you care what they think? Just pray. You're too complicated. Just pray. Yeah, but what will they think? They'll probably think what they're going to think. But who cares? You're not going home with them. You just obey God. Just keep your eyes on him. He wants you to pray. He wants you to pray for the person. He wants you to pray. Just pray. Don't complicate it. Well, what do you mean? It's simple. It's simple. How, how do I love God? Same way you love someone in the hu human realm. You talk to them, hang out with them, enjoy them, give your devotion to them. You just enjoy life. How do you love your neighbor? You take all of the love that God has given to you and you just give it away. And you care about your neighbor when you haven't seen them. You, you care about somebody you haven't seen in church in a while. You, you care. That's the word. That's always the word. That, that we remember, just care. If you just care, the Lord will lead you and guide you and take care of you. He'll just minister to you. And it's simple. What, what makes a healthy, strong church? It's all right there. Continuing steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in prayer, in fellowship, and the breaking of bread. We do all that tonight. That's exactly what we did tonight. And you'll have ample opportunity after we, uh, after we end our Bible study and have our last song where you can just talk to people. Yeah, but I don't know anybody. Here, here's for that. For those of you that know, don't know anybody, just add one more word to that. You ready? I don't know anybody yet. Just go up and introduce yourself. Hey, how are you doing? They're like, man, that's so weird. Yeah, it's only weird until you do it. Then it's not weird anymore. So how can I pray for you? God's put me in here to connect. This is, I'm never, I'm fellowship. What is this? And I want you to bring you back to simplicity, perhaps a simplicity you've never experienced before. And that is whatever you're taught, do it right away. Like, whatever you're taught, 
Oh, of course, I'm not asking for, in, in this particular fellowship, as I'm the primary teacher, I'm not the only teacher, but I'm the primary teacher. If I'm teaching accurately, do what you're told. Just do it. Don't question me. Don't get mad at me. Don't email me. Just do it. Just do it. Don't even ask to clarify. Just do what you believe the Holy Spirit's leading you to do. Of course, the Bible says, test all things, hold fast to what is good. So I'm not going to be 100% correct. I'm not Jesus. So if I make any mistakes, you can email Ian. He's, uh, his email box is empty or whoever might be taking those emails. But just do it. Well, why aren't you doing the word? What happened? What happened to the simplicity? Like, that's what the Bible says. I'm going to do it. Now, that's what the Bible says. Ah, but I don't know. And I'm not sure. And that's so hard. And I don't know. Just do it. Well, what does Paul say? He says, I came with you godly sincerity. So make that a prayer. God, I want to be more simple. I want to be simple in my walk with you. Things are so, com- there's so much around us that's so complicated. We have no control over. But our walk with the Lord, we have control over that. You can't touch that. You can't touch my walk with the Lord. You can't have it. You can't touch it. It's not yours. It's a gift of God to me. And I guard it and protect it with my life. You can't have it. It's interesting that when people do email me, one of the major complaints that seems to be repetitive over the years is a complaint that usually goes something like this. Your church is too simple. Your teaching's too simple. Your music, too simple. And whatever it might be. It's just too simple. Yeah? We're not super polished here because we don't try to be polished. We try to do our best. I mean, man, the folks here, servants here, they work super hard to take care of you, make things nice, clean. I mean, even for us as pastors today, we spent about an hour and a half putting the chairs back for you because we moved them. Uh, the high schoolers moved them so you could put up all these decorations for Christmas so we could just be in the festive mood of celebrating the birth of Jesus. But, you know, we're not, we're not going to uh, make a big deal about it, even though I probably just did. But, you know, the guys, they work hard here. The gals, they work hard here. The servants work all day and then come serve and you know, you got people that are working all day and have some last minute request to come in and boom, they come in. Why? Because they love Jesus and they love you. They, they love to serve the Lord. Too simple. Yeah, we're going to stay simple. We're not going to be polished. You're going to get what you get. What you see, I, I love visitors and they come in and they go, see, oh, you know, I was in my first time here. Well, welcome. He says, you know, I just really want, and I said, what you see is what you get. There's not much more to this church. There's not much more. This is it. Well, what are you just seeing? Yeah. Just teach a long, drawn-out Bible study sometimes. <laughs> and you just talk about the Bible? Yeah. Well, what, no, it's next week. Isn't it going to be an exciting Bible study? I hope so. But it's in Jude. We're just going to pick up in verse 8 where we left off in verse 7. Because we believe the Bible is relevant to your life. We believe that Jude wants to change your life. Like God, Holy Spirit put it in the Bible for a reason. Simple? Yeah. Too simple? I mean, I don't know. I wonder sometimes exactly what that means. I mean, do people, and if you're getting ready to email, like, do you really want me to make the Bible hard for you to understand? So you walk away going, oh man, I have no idea what the Bible says. I got to answer to God for that. Jesus was a simple teacher. Did you notice that? He's walking around, he goes, see the flowers? Oh yeah, they're beautiful. Uh, You know what? See how beautiful they are? You go, yeah, of course I see how beautiful they are. Your father in heaven? He clothes you even better. He, he looks out and he sees people. He goes, look at that. Look at all these people dressed in white. Look at all the activity. Yes, we see that, Jesus. We see that. We see that every day. But I want you to see something special, the harvest. It's ripe unto harvest. 
It's ready to be picked. See, it's not the wheat, it's the people. Jesus was the master, obviously, of taking the amazing depth of God honoring truth, God in human flesh, and making it so easy to understand. He's done that in my life. We just came back from cutting our Christmas trees. And I think this year, Marie found the best one we've ever gotten in 20 years. It is beautiful and amazing. And we set it up in the backyard to rinse it off and get it ready. And wouldn't you know it, every bird in the neighborhood is in our backyard picking at that tree. I mean, it, it, it was chaos. Because by now, the birds are all gone. They paid their last rent, and they're moving on to the next house. And they, I mean, it was just, it was chaotic. I said, Marie, you got to see this. This is never, look at this. And I think they're like, man, look at what she got. Look at that tree she got. And she's, but they're just picking out for their nest, right? They're just setting everything up. And this tree is so full. It's unbelievable. She's just taking on. And, you know, I think every time I see the birds think they own my house, I remember Jesus. He says, I want you to look at the birds, Ed. Seriously, I want you to watch them. And I want you to understand how well I take care of them. You go out, I send you to the mountains. You trek for a million miles on the backside of whatever mountain we're on in another state so that your wife can cut a tree and you can carry it on your shoulders for the 50 miles back to the car. (laughs) And then I'm going to send a brother with you and you're going to stick it in the back of his truck and then he's going to drive the tree home and then his wife's going to drive the tree back to your house. Why? So those birds can be taken care of. So they can have whatever they need for their nest. They go, no, Lord, it's for our house. Yeah, before it gets in your house, the birds are going to get it. I'm like, okay, Lord. He says, you see it? Yeah. You understand it? Yeah. You know, all the complaining, cutting you. Yes, I know, I know, I know, I know. If I'll do that for those birds that are nameless, that disappeared and came back, don't you think I'm going to take care of you? Jesus was the master. He still is, obviously. I'm not going to make things harder for you. I'm not going to make things more difficult for you. I'm not going to make you walk out going, man, I have no idea what that guy said. He sounded smart, (laughs) but I don't have any idea. Neither will I give you a Bible study where you walk out and go, oh, oh, I can't believe what a great teacher Ed is. Oh, he's so good. Oh, what a great teacher. Oh, that doesn't encourage me. You know what encouraged me? When you walk out and you go, man, what a great God I serve. And the only way that can happen is if I get out of the way, let the Holy Spirit use me. Yep, the Lord wants to use me just like he wants to use you. But I need to be more simple and more in my godly sincerity so that God might use me in these last days. How do you avoid apostasy? How do you make a difference in your community? How do you steady on when everyone's falling to the wayside around you? You walk humbly, broken, simple, authentic, godly, sincere lives. Simply teaching the Bible simply. This is Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed Taylor will be back in just a moment. Today we heard part of a study in Jude. It's a message we've titled Apostasy, Then and Now. 
If you'd like to hear today's message again, log on to AboundingGraceRadio.com. Again, we're on the web at AboundingGraceRadio.com. You can also download our free app and access our teachings that way. Search for Ed Taylor or Calvary Church. Over the past couple of years, discouragement and depression have been on the rise. And maybe that would describe where you're at today. We have a book we'd like to recommend to you that can help. It's Struggling Under the Broom Tree by Bill Gem. Pastor Bill recalls the life of Elijah, someone who battled with discouragement and depression too. But God, in his faithfulness, brought him out from under the broom tree of despair. If God did this for Elijah, you can be sure he can do it for you too. Read all about God's rescue plan for discouragement in Struggling Under the Broom Tree. Request a copy today when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. You might think of it as our way of saying thank you. You can do that by calling 877-30-GRACE. Again, the number is 877-30-GRACE. You can also order resources like this at calvaryco.store. That's calvaryco.store. Pastor Ed, not long ago, we created a text line that our listeners are free to use to contact us. What's the reason behind this? You know, Larry, um, we have added abounding grace on uh, different stations at different times around the country, even around the world. And we felt like reminding, we've always had this line, but we just have been talking about it and letting people know about it because we want to be available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We really want to be available anywhere. It's amazing. I was just traveling recently. I was teaching overseas at a missions conference. I met a missionary from Romania, from Romania. This is amazing, Larry, the power of radio. I I listened to a, I, I was talking and met him and he goes, oh, you're the Ed Taylor. You're the Ed Taylor on the radio station K-Wave in Southern California. And I said, yes, I am. That's correct. Uh, and I'm on that radio station. It's a very popular, powerful station in Southern California. Uh, I'm My time slot on that radio station is 1 a.m. in the morning. So I get a lot of people working late nights and everything responding from California at 1 a.m. But, you know, for our brother in Romania, it's 9 a.m. in the morning for him. (laughs) That's amazing. He's listened to it on the other side of the world. Um, That's why being on at any time of the day is really good because people are listening all over through the app and everything, right? So at any rate, because of that, here's the number, 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. You can text us your prayer requests. We have people praying for you all the time, um, wanting to join together, praying over you, praying for you, praying with you. Please, we want to hear from you. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. You can you can text us uh, anything that's on your heart and mind that we might be able to bring to the Lord in prayer. So text us today at 720-336-0897. Again, 720-336-0897. And now let's get back to our Bible study with Pastor Ed. One last thing. I know we're out of time, but I want to give you one last thing. That word sincere in the Latin, they would define sincere as sincera, sincera. Literally, the word means without wax. You go, what's that all about? Well, it refers to something that's pure, unadulterated, and unmixed. Unmixed. In the ancient times, 
Mistakes were made as a piece of pottery or a statue was being formed and fashioned and chiseled. There would be an accidental crack and a nose would fall off. And you, can't, you couldn't just glue it back on because it would be obvious that there was a mistake. So instead of starting over, the artist would take wax and mix it with dust and fix it all up to fill in the cracks or even form a brand new nose. And they would sell it as new. And as they'd sell it, the owner would take it home, he'd put it in his front yard and show it off until the hot sun would come out. And it would be the beating sun coming upon that figure with a fake nose that would melt the wax. And they would find out that their statue was not sin, Sarah. The heat would be a revelation. And isn't it true in your life? A lack of sincerity is eventually revealed. But there's no need for that, church as you choose to walk godly. So which way are you going? We'll consider that very question next time we're together for Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.